In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim a gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Returning from the district of Tyre, Jesus went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee, right through the Decapolis region, and he brought him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and he asked him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, put his fingers into the man's ears, and touched his tongue with spittle. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said to him, Ephata, that is, be open, and his ears were open, and the ligament of his tongue was loosened, and he spoke clearly. And Jesus ordered them to tell no one about it, but the more he insisted, the more widely they published it. Their admiration was unbounded. He has done all things well, they said. He makes the deaf hear and the dumb speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Gospel passage makes a little geographical note that sounds illogical to anyone who understands the local terrain. Our Lord was going from Tyre in the north to Galilee in the south, and he went by way of Sidon. That is to say, he started going due south by going due north. This would make no sense to a person who wishes to find the quickest route to his destination, but it would make sense to someone who would appreciate the value of a journey as much as he would desire to reach his destination. Both the means and the end are important. When our Lord did arrive back in the regions of Galilee, he came into the district of Decapolis, and there they brought to him a man who was deaf and who had an impediment in his speech. Though not all deaf persons are mute, most aren't. It is clear that the man's inability to hear had also affected his speech. Perhaps there is no other miracle which so beautifully shows Jesus' respectful way of treating persons. Truly, we witness here the true ramifications of the Incarnation, the enculturation of the Gospel. He took the man aside from the crowd all by himself. Here, in the tenderest considerateness, the Lord takes this deaf man away from the scrutinizing and prying eyes of an insensitive crowd and spared him the embarrassment which he must already be suffering as a deaf person living among the hearing. Throughout the whole miracle, and deaf people love this part, our Lord actually begins to sign to him. He puts his hand in the man's ears, touches tongue with spittle. Our Lord communicates with this deaf man to the senses which were available to him, his sight, his taste, his touch, his smell. And then Jesus looked up to heaven as a sign of prayer to show that it was from God that help was to come. Then he spoke the word, and the man was healed, recalling the act of creation in the book of Genesis. When we encounter our Lord in the sacraments in which he instituted, we too are similarly transformed and our spiritual senses healed. Our vision, our hearing, our sense of touch, taste, and smell should be overhauled by the glimpse of God's truth, beauty, and goodness. 
That is why our churches must be beautiful and our liturgies rich in symbolism and grandeur. Beauty is not just a matter of aesthetics, nor is it a question of personal taste. It is meant to focus the eyes of faith, to put in sharp focus and vivid colour what God is bringing about in the world. We have become too over-familiar and comfortable with our own iconoclastic and whitewashed churches. We have become blind and deaf to the means by which God wishes to communicate to us. Just like our Lord looking up at the very final moment before the deaf man is healed, our common, mundane, everyday human situation is elevated into the presence of God in these moments when we encounter Him in the beauty and elegance of our churches and liturgy. Beauty, justice, love and mercy are no longer external to us, but now we participate intimately with their source in the triune God. Heaven and earth overlap and time collapses. Life and reality viewed through the sacraments put our most basic assumptions on trial. God is not somewhere else too busy or unconcerned with the created order. Instead, all of creation is charged with the goodness of God, and every inch of it participates in the life of God sacramentally. In this way, the sacraments and sacramentals serve as a revelation of sorts, a window into what is most real, and helps us wonder more truly about what God is doing in the world. They help us to see sacredness even in the midst of human depravity, wealth in the midst of poverty, and redemption in the midst of human fallenness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.